Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Welcome to The Refresh from Insider. I'm Rob Gunther. And I'm Rebecca Barra. It's Wednesday, October 12th, and we've got the latest news you need and want to know. Plus, we dive into whether millennials will ever be able to buy a home. There's more than 70 million millennials in the U.S. today. And that's just a lot of people, and there simply just aren't enough homes for all those people. But first, the latest. A jury in Connecticut has ordered Alex Jones to pay nearly a billion dollars to eight families of Sandy Hook victims. That's on top of a $50 million settlement ordered by a Texas jury in August. The families say Jones' multi-year attempt to portray the shooting as a hoax made them constant targets of harassment, threats, and intimidation. General Motors is the latest auto company betting big on a green energy revolution. The company announced it's starting a new business unit, GM Energy, that'll focus on what they're calling energy management, which is an umbrella term for things like solar panels, electric car chargers, and batteries big enough to power your home. It's a pretty significant move for a company built on internal combustion, but the writing is on the wall here. GM wants to replace all of its gas guzzlers with electric vehicles by 2035. One of the backers of Elon Musk's Twitter bid says they want out of the deal. Musk will soon have to come up with $44 billion to buy Twitter, and about $7 billion of that is expected to come from VC firms and other wealthy investors. But at least one firm, Manhattan Venture Partners, is balking at the price tag. A partner there tells Insider that, given the sharp downturn in equity markets, she would put Twitter's value closer to $12 billion, not $44. And she He says, quote, we're all trying to get out of it. Comedians Eric Andre and Clayton English have filed a lawsuit against police at Atlanta's Hartsfield-Jackson Airport. Both allege they were racially profiled and illegally stopped by Clayton County officers while boarding separate flights. Andre told Jimmy Kimmel in April 2021 that he was boarding a flight when two white cops stopped him on the jet bridge. And they whip out their badge. And I'm like business class, so the only brown person there. Clearly, they're like singling me out. It's like all white businessmen and then me. And then she starts interrogating me like, what drugs do you have on you? Are you transporting crystal meth to Los Angeles? Like I'm Walter White from Breaking Bad. English says he had a nearly identical experience in October 2020. 
For years, Paris Hilton has been advocating for more oversight of the type of treatment centers for troubled teenagers in Utah, like the one her parents sent her to when she was 17. She's testified before the state legislature about the physical and emotional abuse she suffered there. And in a New York Times video released this week, she added new details to her story. They would take myself and other girls into this room. Talking about middle-of-the-night medical exams performed by male staff. I don't know what they were doing, but it was definitely not a doctor, and it was really scary. She's 41 now. Now, looking back as as an adult, that was definitely sexual abuse. Here at The Refresh from Insider, we have the news you need and want to know always up to date. And hey, if you like what you hear, help us keep the sound waves on by telling other people to listen to the show. Shares in Meta dropped more than 4% Tuesday after Mark Zuckerberg unveiled the company's new VR headset and its $1,500 price tag. That's nearly four times the price of its current MetaQuest 2 kit. The Quest Pro promises to let users use augmented reality, which overlays virtual elements onto the real world, and it'll work with Microsoft Office and Xbox apps. It's a clear effort to get ahead of a rumored Apple device expected next year, which, for now, it seems like some customers are saying they'd rather wait for that. The Supreme Court is hearing a case today that involves Prince and Andy Warhol and could have wide-ranging consequences on copyright law and fair use. On one side, there's photographer Lynn Goldsmith, who took an iconic picture of Prince back in the 80s. And on the other is the Andy Warhol Foundation, which owns and has made money off of illustrations Warhol made of Prince based on Goldsmith's picture. I won't get into the weeds here, but this is the big picture. Right now, artists, satirists, news shows have a lot of freedom to use copyrighted work if they add something new to it. The justices will have to decide if Warhol transformed Goldsmith's work enough to make it something new. Unionization efforts across the U.S. continue to spread, and now an Amazon warehouse in upstate New York could become the company's second unionized facility. Voting begins tomorrow and lasts through Monday at the site near Albany. But even if workers vote in favor of unionizing, they really face an uphill battle. Amazon still hasn't recognized the union victory at the first facility on Staten Island this spring, despite a federal labor official endorsing it. Thousands of Egyptian archaeologists are petitioning the UK to return the Rosetta Stone. They say the stone, which provided the key to deciphering hieroglyphics, is a critical part of Egypt's heritage. It's been on display at the British Museum for two centuries, ever since Napoleon handed it over as part of the Treaty of Alexandria. Calls to return the stone have been growing louder for years, and the push now comes ahead of the opening of the Grand Egyptian Museum, which may happen next month. Well, folks, the votes have been counted and the winner of Fat Bear Week 2022 is the Bear 747. He's been called the Barrowplane, Bear Force One, an absolute unit and the incredible bulk. That's Mike Fitz. He's the guy who came up with Fat Bear Week. The naturalist says 747 likely weighs around 1,400 pounds. He received 11,000 votes to take the crown over Bear 901. The two faced off in the annual bracket of brown bears in Katmai National Park in Alaska. 
747 also won in 2020, and while he hasn't yet returned our request for comment, sources say he's planning to celebrate by just chilling in a cool stream, polishing off some more salmon, and getting ready to hibernate. When it comes to finally owning their home, it feels like millennials cannot catch a break. From the 2008 financial collapse to the pandemic, there have been a lot of obstacles. But can we really say that it's never going to happen? James Rodriguez is a real estate reporter at Insider, and he's written about how this generation of over 70 million people might be shut out of homeownership forever. James, welcome. Thanks for having me. Your article is titled, Sorry Millennials, You're Never Getting a Good Home. Well, I am a millennial who was until recently searching for a home, but I've put that search on hold, probably indefinitely. So is all hope lost? You know, I do want to say it's not totally impossible. In 2021, millennials accounted for 43% of home buyers, and so that's a significant number. But, you know, one economist I talked to basically told me that's just a function of the sheer size of the generation. As you noted, there's more than 70 million millennials in the U.S. today, and that's just a lot of people, and there simply just aren't enough homes for all those people. And the millennial home ownership rate still lags that of other generations. At the age of 30, just 42% of millennials owned a home compared with 51% of boomers at the same age. Huh. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense that a lot of us have bought homes because, one, we're now in our 30s and 40s, and it's so many of us. Yeah, and, you know, it's important to think about where millennials started. As you mentioned, for a lot of older millennials, they graduated right into the Great Recession So that hindered their career prospects and wages from the start. They were also taking on much more student debt than previous generations. So it took time to recover from all that. And then you fast forward to 2020, and right as this huge cohort of millennials is aging right into their prime home buying years in their early 30s, the pandemic hits. You talk about there being fewer homes available to purchase, fewer homes being built each year. And nearly one out of every five homes right now is being bought by deep-pocketed folks and investment firms. Why are there so few homes available? It's not like we didn't know that there would be this whole cohort of millennials in need of a home. You know, yeah. demographic analysts have, have known that. It's just that There were all these other factors that basically dissuaded home builders from ramping up production to meet all of this demand that we knew was coming. So now we have all these other forces that are are trying to buy homes as well. You have big Wall Street firms and and smaller investors as well, and then going head-to-head with first-time buyers. And so you have all these different groups that are kind of scrambling for homes at the moment. One of the obstacles you mention to us never being able to get a home or a good one is baby boomers. Explain. (laughs) So boomers are not only staying in their homes longer than previous generations, which reduces the number of homes on the market, but they've also been going head to head with millennials over homes as they seek to downsize in their later years. So the share of recent buyers who are 60 years and older actually grew 47% from 2009 to 2019, uh, meaning that millennials, to quote a Zillow study, face more competition from their parents' and grandparents' generations than their predecessors did. That sounds like something ripe for therapy talk. (laughs) So say I could, for example, swing a down payment 
and just accept a higher interest rate on a mortgage now in hopes of refinancing when interest rates drop again in the future. Is that something you're seeing people do or any experts recommend? You know, the nice thing is there's kind of a common saying, you marry the home, you date the rate. And so um, it's just, are you willing to stomach that higher mortgage rate, which in some instances can add hundreds of dollars to your monthly payments? Um, yeah. You know, you do see people out there that are betting, you know, eventually rates are going to fall and it doesn't seem like homes are going to be getting that much cheaper. So some people are definitely are taking that strategy. Okay. So say I'm not entirely deterred and I do want to buy a home. Is there a strategy I should take? Even though there are a lot of factors working against millennials right now, I think it is important not to give up hope. And sometimes you may even just need to count on good old-fashioned luck sometimes. Mm -hmm. I talked to one 30-year-old in the Philadelphia area. She gave up her home search after her 12th offer was rejected. She was you know, depressed. It was just a really tough time. And then a month later, her agent called and told her, that the winning bid on that house had actually fallen through and she ended up being able to go back to the negotiating table and make that deal after all and and buy that house. And so at this point, you kind of just have to be willing to take some lumps and hope that eventually something will win out. James, thanks for chatting. Thanks so much for having me. James Rodriguez is a real estate reporter with Insider. Make sure to follow The Refresh from Insider on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please leave a rating and review. It helps other people discover the show. I'm Rebecca Ibarra. And I'm Rob Gunther. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.